Welcome to Shorties, a short true crime story. Hello? You ready for me? <laughs> you said hello like we're on the phone. <laughs> hello? Hello? <laughs> you ready for this talk to begin? <laughs> uh, it's, it's me. Whoa. Oh, Sorry. you want to knock over the table? Yeah, big girl. <laughs> Just moving around. I'm getting comfortable. Hi, what do you, happy Tuesday, first of all. First of all, happy Tuesday. And for my standards, this story is pretty long, so I feel like I, I should just jump in. Don't okay. you think? Well, I mean, your stand, I mean, it's probably- By my ten, standards, yeah. That's probably 10 minutes though. 10 to 15, maybe <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> okay. If I talk slow enough. All right, jump into it. And and if I start speaking t- uh, too quickly, yell at me. Like yeah, shot I'll, Yeah, I'll yell. Yeah, just scream. Slow. <laughs> So today I'm covering the mysterious death of Kaneka Jenkins. This story takes place on September 8th, 2017 in a suburb of Chicago. It's a Friday night and a group of friends are headed to the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont. The girls got a room and the plan was to have a good time, have some drinks, listen to music and dance. One of the girls at the room party was named Kaneka Jenkins. She was born on May 27th, 1998, making her 19 years old at the time of the story and also making her a Gemini. Kaneka was a very caring and responsible girl. Her mother had just had breast cancer surgery and she had been helping out with the recovery process. She was actually planning on taking care of her mom that Friday, but last minute decided to have some fun with her friends instead. She had a very good relationship with her mom and Kaneka had just gotten a new job at a nursing home, so she understood that she wanted to celebrate. Kaneka told her mom that she was going to go to a bowling alley for a little bit and then would be going to a movie after. Her mom agreed to let her borrow her car for the night and Kaneka was out the door at 11.30 p.m. The thing is, they didn't go to a movie and they definitely didn't go bowling. According to the Chicago Tribune, it sounded like the girls actually debated on going to a movie but decided on a hotel party instead. They stopped to pick up a bottle of Hennessy some energy drinks, a Bluetooth speaker, and some weed before heading to the hotel. Security footage showed Kaneka and three other girlfriends entering through a side entrance of the Crown Plaza Hotel. They took the elevator to the ninth floor and walked into the party a little after 1 a.m. There were about 30 people there total. A large portion of the night was captured on social media. Kaneka and her friends went on Facebook Live for the majority of the party, as well as constantly Snapchatting. So it's 1.30 a.m., and a girl wearing mirrored sunglasses is talking to her phone while on Facebook Live. You can see Kaneka sitting down in the reflection of the girl's sunglasses. Then Kaneka posted a video on her own Snapchat account at around 2.17 a.m. She appeared to be in the hotel bathroom, according to her sister who follows her on Snapchat. Everyone was drinking, and multiple people at the party said that Kaneka was drinking cognac, but not participating in any drugs. Apparently something about Kaneka just fell off. Her friends didn't think that she was acting like her usual energetic self. They said that she would dance and socialize a little bit, but her demeanor felt sad. She would try to appear like she was okay and then would end up sitting alone. When she stood up, her body would just kind of sway around like you would after having one too many drinks. Kaneka texted her sister around 1.30 a.m. and it would be the last time her family ever heard from her. The article I read on Soapbox stated that during the Facebook Live, the girls didn't appear to be having a very good time. Later on, they said that the guys at the party were very aggressive and flirty, and they were the type of dudes that just didn't take no for an answer. 
The four girls had had enough and left the room around 3 a.m. Right after the girls started making their way out of the hotel, Kaneka realized that she had left every single important personal belonging back at the room. Her car keys, her phone, her purse. She had to go back. The three friends decided that they would go back up to the room and snag her stuff while Kaneka would wait for them in the lobby. And I'm sure they noticed that Kaneka was a little out of sorts and they felt like it'd be more efficient to do it themselves. They took the elevator back up to the ninth floor while Kaneka was left alone downstairs. But alone in the lobby. I think they, so this is the issue. So there's, there are multiple conflicting versions of this part of the story. Oh. And I'm not sure if it's because alcohol was involved and memories get blurry. Yeah. But some claim that they went back up to the room to retrieve Kaneka's belongings. And another believes that Kaneka went up to the room while they waited for her. So vastly different versions. Well, they're opposite. Exactly. And so they didn't specify where they waited. I don't know if they thought maybe she would just take the elevator down by herself or okay. if they left her in the hallway. It's It's not... It's unfortunately not um, very clear because they all were intoxicated. Okay. Regardless, hotel security footage does show Kaneka to be alone for a pretty substantial amount of time, and she is clearly very intoxicated. I'm sure that these girls had zero bad intentions and weren't even really thinking about it, but do not leave your drunk friends alone. We have to advocate for ourselves and our girls. It's sad when we even need to be mindful of traveling in groups as women, even when sober, but we are extra vulnerable when intoxicated. Logic decreases, reaction time is delayed, and physically your strength is compromised. It might feel okay to take a short elevator ride and walk down the hallway while your friend is standing in a hotel lobby, but better safe than sorry, especially at 3 a.m. because nothing good ever comes from being alone at 3 a.m. in a public place. The friends said that they were gone for 10 to 20 minutes, but when they returned, Kaneka was gone. They all agreed that they immediately knew something was wrong. They started searching all over the hotel trying to find her, but they couldn't call or text her because they're holding her phone. Security footage shows the girls going up and down the hallways looking for their friend. They even walked up to the front desk to request security footage, but the staff denied the request. Even though it was 4 or 4.30 a.m. at this point, they knew they had to call Kaneka's mom, Teresa. They weren't sure if maybe Kaneka had somehow gotten herself home or tried contacting her mom, but they knew they had to call and say that they don't know where her daughter is. When they found out that Kaneka was not home, the panic only increased. They drove to pick up Kaneka's mom so that they could bring her back to the hotel to continue the search. Teresa said that she instantly felt suspicious when she was with the friends. She said that she could just tell that they were hiding something, but she had no idea what. It was also very clear that they had all been drinking and maybe even high. And when I read that Teresa's mom felt like they were hiding something, I immediately assumed that the girls weren't hiding anything other than the fact that they're underage and drinking. Mm -hmm. They also were fully aware that they were supposed to be bowling and going to the movies. And then they had now been caught in this massive lie. Yeah. So Teresa could have been suspecting that and not some massive secret about what happened to her daughter. Yeah, it's possible. Teresa asked the three girls if Kaneka had been drinking too, and they told her that she had only had one drink, which was a lie. But Teresa knew that Kaneka didn't handle alcohol very well and said that even one drink would be too much for her daughter. When Teresa went up to the front desk to ask for help, the staff simply refused. And before I get into more details, it's very important to acknowledge what's going on here. 
While Chicago is very diverse, Rosemont itself is predominantly white. The population of Rosemont, Illinois is 90.6% white and only 2.5% African-American. I am not directly accusing the hotel staff of being racist, but no one wanted to help these women. They were treated like they were being bothersome and there was no assistance given to them. A worried mother just wanted to find her missing daughter and they were treated like an annoyance. So considering there are four African-American women in a suburban town that is predominantly white, it feels incredibly discriminatory. And I would argue too that like, Maybe you couldn't totally accuse the staff of that when it's the drunk young girls who were like, show us the security cameras. And it's like 4 a.m. and it's obvious. Like I could see being dismissive of that. I still think they should have checked the footage themselves. But then a short time later, when those same girls have now brought an adult into the mix and the adult is saying, the girl missing is my child. We don't know where she is. I mean, that immediately elevates it. So you can't write off the girls initially as just drunk teenagers or something like that. So at that point, how could you argue that it's anything other than racism? Absolutely. When Teresa asked for the security footage, just like the friends did, the hotel staff refused. They told her that only the police could look at security footage. And I wasn't sure if this was actually true or if they were just being dicks. So I did some Googling. I got a variety of answers, but it sounds like, for example, if you're robbed at a hotel, you as the victim couldn't view the security footage but you could request that the manager take a look at that footage. So they have no excuse not to look at themselves. Yeah. Teresa realized that the hotel staff was not going to do anything to help her find her daughter. So she called 911 at approximately 7.15 a.m. At this point, Kaneka had been missing for a few hours and so much precious time was wasted because of the staff refusing to do anything. I listened to the recording of the 911 call and... Her mom was so calm and composed and clearly explained to the dispatcher that her daughter had been at a party and now they can't find her. She told him that when her daughter's friends asked for help, the hotel claimed to not have any security footage. I felt so sick to my stomach listening to this recording because Teresa was so polite and patient and trying to do her best to explain everything she knows and she's being met with what I consider a very dismissive attitude. The dispatcher told Teresa that Kaneka's friends were probably just lying to her and that her daughter was most likely just passed out in someone's hotel room. Okay, well, that's concerning in and of itself. Absolutely. The dispatcher even told her that she should just go home and relax and maybe just give it a few hours to see if she shows up. Oh, my God. And throughout the call, you can feel and hear this poor mother's anxiety increasing, but she's still trying her best to remain calm. She's telling the dispatcher that her friend's stories don't sound right and her gut instinct is is saying that something's really, really off. She's panicking that the friends have her phone and this is so unlike Kaneka to leave her phone behind, especially knowing that her mom had just had surgery and might need her at any moment. The dispatcher did not send help. He simply told her to wait until 10 or 11 a.m. and if they hadn't heard from her, then come into the station to file a missing persons report. And I know 911 calls can be very triggering to people, so we're not going to play it right now, but we will put it at the end of the recording. The police didn't enter Kaneka Jenkins' name into the database as a missing person until 1.16 p.m. They didn't search the hotel until 1.16 p.m. They went to room 926, where the party took place, and reported that nothing looked suspicious. They checked the hallways and stairwells and once again found nothing, so they left. 
Police officers were called back to the hotel at 9.26 p.m. that night because some of Kaneka's family members were going door-to-door looking for her. When the police arrived, the family demanded that they take a look at the surveillance footage. Hell yeah. According to the Chicago Tribune, surveillance footage shows Kaneka stumbling throughout the hotel, first in the hallways, then into the men's bathroom. From there, she is seen walking upstairs into another hallway and then eventually into a kitchen that was not being used because of renovations. You can tell that she is intoxicated by the way that she is bumping into the walls and the objects around her. One of the last things that you can see is Kaneka lurching forward and then disappearing around the corner into the kitchen around 3.25 a.m. Surveillance footage does not show anything after this. 21 hours after she was last seen by her friends, Kaneka Jenkins' body was found in the freezer by a hotel worker. She was lying on her side with her head face down. She was only wearing one shoe and the other was missing. She was wearing ripped jeans, a crop top jean jacket, and her hair was a mess. Her body was frozen solid. Kaneka was pronounced dead at 12.48 a.m. on September 10th. The hotel worker that discovered her body had walked around the corner, found her frozen solid, and then just turned around and walked back out. He walked at a normal pace to go alert the police. He didn't run or even pick up his pace. What? What about like grabbing your phone or like a walkie-talkie or something? Yeah, I mean, I guess no one knows how they'd respond after finding a dead body, but I can almost guarantee that I wouldn't casually walk away. I'd be screaming and running to the police. Yeah. There's a lot of discussion about whether or not the footage was edited. Oh. I know. (laughs) The hotel had plenty of time to alter anything and everything in that video. A spokesperson for the police department claimed all footage is original and hasn't been altered, but people aren't buying it. Protesters began nightly protests at the hotel, particularly fueled by the dismissiveness of the hotel staff when Kaneka's mother and friends just wanted help. There was also a ton of questions about how someone gets trapped inside a freezer. It sounds like this was one of those double freezers where there's only a cooler in the front and then a second door leading to the freezer. And I would assume that there's a handle on the inside so that someone could get out if the door was shut behind them. But it is possible that Kaneka was disoriented for a variety of reasons and couldn't find her way out. The freezer was 34 degrees and pitch black inside. My next question was, so if the kitchen is under renovation and not being used, then why was the freezer turned on? But apparently the hotel was using it as extra storage for a new restaurant that was going to be opened inside of the hotel. An autopsy was done and the results were inconclusive. However, another autopsy was conducted and a month after her death, the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office ruled Kaneka's death as accidental and caused by hypothermia. They believed that her level of intoxication and the medication found in her system were significant contributing factors to her death. Her blood alcohol level was 0.112 which for someone of Kaneka's stature, 5'5 and 165 pounds, that is approximately three shots. And I know that everyone handles alcohol differently, but I could not believe that three shots could make someone so disoriented and unable to basically walk. Well, unless it's roofied. Yes. So then I look into the medication that was found in her system. Mm -hmm. It was a medication called Topiramate, and she did not have a prescription for this drug. It's a drug used for epilepsy, 
but it can also be used to prevent migraines. It's said to also help with weight loss and muscle spasms. Some side effects are blurred vision, unsteadiness, slowing of mental and physical activity, and drowsiness. I researched whether or not there are drug interactions with alcohol, and the answer is a hard yes. Mixing the two is said to cause difficulty speaking, memory loss, and extreme drowsiness. So this completely explains why Kanika was so out of it and then unable to get herself out of the freezer. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility that she sat down and then passed out due to extreme fatigue and dangerously low temperatures. I've also heard that when you freeze to death, mm-hmm. you don't actually feel cold. Like if you're ever in that situation, oh, yeah. as soon as you start to feel warm and sleepy, it it means you're dying. It's a bad sign because it's your body defense mechanism. Yeah. So typically when you freeze to death, you just go to sleep. That's a very interesting fact. Yeah. I'm full of them. Yeah, you really are. You know everything. <laughs> there were no signs of a fight or struggle. To this day, her family believes that this was no accident and that foul play was involved. There have been numerous theories about what really happened that night, and I'll cover a couple. The first theory is that someone at the hotel had something to do with her death, that someone lured Kaneka into the freezer and then locked her in, or she was killed somewhere else, and that surveillance footage was edited so that no one could see them putting her body inside the freezer after she was already dead. There was never any actual footage showing Kaneka entering the freezer. According to Soapboxy.com, it is said that the hotel room was purchased using stolen credit cards, and the fact that there were illegal drugs and underage people drinking at this hotel party, it is believed that the hotel knew all of this was going down, and they tried to cover up her death so that it wouldn't be discovered that illegal stuff was going down at their hotel. I mean, illegal stuff happens in hotels all the time, but does that automatically mean the hotel is held liable? No, this is just one of the theories. This is not one that I really think is. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. There was reports that the hotel had gotten noise complaints about the party and they did nothing to stop it. So it kind of sounded like they were just not doing their job that oh, night. Oh, so I bet in that situation they could be held liable. Exactly. Another popular theory is that her friends were very much involved. There have been rumors that her friends were planning on profiting off of a sexual assault. Like they were trying to sell her for the night to one of the creepy guys that was at the party. Ooh. And that she had been drugged with Tepiramate to make her defenseless. I don't think that I actually believe that at all because they looked for her for hours and continued the search process even after alerting Kaneka's mom. If anything, I think one of the creeps at the party drugged her with that medication. That's that's what it seems like. And then she stumbled disoriented into a freezer. Exactly. Regardless of whether or not it was a friend or a hotel worker that killed her, many believe that the video evidence that was turned over was heavily edited. People are under the impression that someone was following her around as she stumbled through the hallways. And I'm, and I'm not sure if that's because she actually walks throughout the hotel quite a bit and it could appear as if she's trying to get away from somebody. When the mother and friends requested that they be shown the video footage, it is believed that hotel staff were editing the footage. And you might be wondering why they'd want to do this and it just comes down to not wanting any bad publicity. A murder taking place at your hotel is obviously not good for a hotel's reputation. Regardless of what went on earlier in the night, I believe that the mistreatment of the women demanding help and their pleas being ignored and silenced is what ultimately led to the death of Kaneka Jenkins. In 2018, Kaneka's family filed a lawsuit against the Crown Plaza Hotel for $50 million. Teresa and her family believed that the hotel was neglectful, and if they had literally done anything that they were supposed to, her daughter would still be alive. 
She blames the hotel for not securing the kitchen while it was under renovation. She blames the hotel for not putting a stop to the party when there had been noise complaints. And lastly, the members of the hotel staff were neglectful for not viewing the security footage. She said that if they had only done the right thing, her daughter would have been found sooner. The spokesperson for the Crown Plaza Chicago Hotel said in a statement, The death of Kaneka Jenkins was a tragedy. The lawsuit filed this week had no merit and we will vigorously contest it. At a, pre- at a press conference today held by counsel for Teresa Martin, the allegation was raised that there was a possibility that Miss Jenkins was locked in the freezer. Numerous media outlets have already disputed those erroneous acts of anyone locking Miss Jenkins in the freezer, referencing the video recorded by a motion-activated camera inside the kitchen. In addition, the freezer did not lock from the inside or outside and was functioning properly on the night in question. This is just another failed attempt to generate publicity for a frivolous lawsuit. I really don't like his word use of frivolous when it comes to the death of someone's child. Yeah. I could not find the outcome of the lawsuit anywhere, but legal matters like this can take a very, very long time. Yeah, it could still be going on. And that is the story of the mysterious death of Kaneka Jenkins. Did you see any of the footage? Yeah, realistically, it just looks like a girl that had too many drinks and she's doing the thing where it's like you're bumping into the wall and she try to kind of tries to hold herself up and like then she you're sways. On a cruise ship. It's like she's being, t- it's like topsy-turvy and it, and it totally makes sense that she has a medication that's messing with her equilibrium. Mm-hmm. It looks as if she had just been like spun around in a ride and then released yeah. <laughs> trying to walk straight, Yeah, which, you know, a lot of alcohol can do that. Yeah. But the amount that was in her system, the 0.112 is generally not enough. You know, for her well, stature, you said three shots of three shots. Yeah, I mean, I know that can affect everyone differently, but this was like next level intoxication, according to the way she was physically moving her body. Yeah, and there's no excuse for a medication that you don't have a prescription for to be in your body, of especially course. something as obscure as topiramate. Like that's yeah. for seizures and epilepsy. That's not yeah. like a party drug. That's not like finding Molly or Coke no. or Vicodin or something like that in your system. This is very obscure. And the fact that the whole dynamic is, you know, men won't take no for an answer and the girls aren't having fun. So they leave because they've had enough. Mm-hmm. That, that alone is very telling. Of course, they don't feel safe there. Oh, the The hotel staff just doing nothing though, because I mean, I don't know how long it takes to die of hypothermia, mm-hmm. but I have to assume that by the time that they went to the front desk and even probably by the time the mom came and was at yep. the front desk, I would have to assume she was still alive. So timeline wise, if I'm remembering this correctly, they called her mother at 4, 4.30 a.m., but they had already gone to the, the front desk yeah. before that. Yeah, They had searched for a little bit. And then Kaneka, she disappeared around 3.30 a.m., So the fact that she is just missing them timing wise and then stumbling into the freezer around 3.30 a.m. in which she would easily be spotted on the surveillance footage. Mm -hmm. I understand why her parents are filing a lawsuit because if they had just looked at it, they would be able to locate her and probably find her within minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very upsetting. Well, thank you for telling that story. Of course, (laughs) it was heavy. It was dark. Don't leave your friends alone when you're drunk. No. (laughs) Or sober, really. Yeah, just in general. Just buddy buddy system, always. The buddy system is there for a reason. Absolutely. I'll be your buddy, Ash. Oh, you're always my buddy. I'm always yours and you're always mine. Hell yeah, sister. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. 911, where's the address of your emergency? 
Yes, I'm at the Crown, uh, Crown Plaza at O'Hare Airport. And I was calling because my daughter came to this to a party here last night, a gathering with her friends. And um, now her friends, they say that they left on the front of the hotel and she's not able to be found now. She's 19 years old. And you said that this, and, and you said the Crown Plaza at O'Hare Airport? Yes. Yes, and they said that the, um, when her friends was asking uh, earlier today, like about 4 o'clock in the morning, because uh, they run the video cameras, they said that they didn't have no cameras. But now I came and it was a lady, she said that if she, if she heard music and she, she asked me that I want to go upstairs and we went upstairs on the 11th floor and it was someone came to the room and the, she said that she did see my daughter there with a group of girls and, and, and a couple of guys. But um, that's how she just saw because she was trying, busy trying to get reception on her phone. All right, well then, um, you know what? Um, are you sure you don't mean the Crown Plaza in Rosemont? Yes, the Crown. Yes, it is. I'm sorry, the Crown Plaza in Rosemont. That's exactly where it's at. I'm okay, so sorry. And, no, no, it's okay. And and have you spoke? And you said you spoke with the uh... front desk. I'm sitting outside, right in front of the hotel, in a parking lot right now. And they were saying that they didn't, that they haven't seen your daughter since she left, or. No, it's a different set. It's a different, um, uh, a new, uh, I'm sorry, it's a new shift. And they said that they haven't seen it. Well, of course, they wouldn't have seen it because this is like 3 or 4 in the morning. And I just seen it. They, she was there because I just found the ticket where, where they entered this uh, hotel. It was at um, 1.36 p.m. So hold on, this part her ticket because this is on the 6th. My daughter wasn't here on the 6th. Uh, well, uh, you know, real quick, I'm just gonna see if maybe we, uh, I'm gonna see if maybe she was here at all. Uh, what's your daughter's name? Her name is Kanika Jenkins. Right, the, room wasn't her, the room wasn't registered in her name. She came with some friends here. And, uh, yeah, I just want to verify. I, I'm, I'm uh, about to say, I actually just came in myself. Uh, probably been on a trip for about 45 minutes, so I just want to make sure that you know, maybe she didn't, she didn't get arrested and sent on her own, you know what I mean? I just want to double check everything. But she, you're very welcome, but um, it doesn't look like we had any run-ins with her last night at all. Um, do you think it's possible maybe she went to one of her friend's houses or, you know, she's probably... No, actually, because she had my car. She was driving my car. She know I don't like nobody to drive my car because my insurance will not pay for nobody, no one besides her. And um, her friends kept calling my phone. I told them to stay out here. They stayed out here, but they called me like about three time in the morning. I was laying in the bed. I just had breast surgery. At breast, you know, I was I fought I beat, breast cancer. So I'm, you know, sedated off medication early. And they telling me she out here. So once I rejuvenated, strength enough for myself enough to get up and drive out here to look for. Once they brought me my car, I came I'm right out here, and I came to the hotel and I showed them a picture of her and I asked them if they see it. And it was a lady in the lobby, and she heard me asking at the front desk, and she said it was music she did hear music she called the one downstairs to report the wrong and come to find out was the people next door and when we knocked on the door um that person said that she did see my daughter downstairs with it was like four of them and it was four of them 
and she said, my daughter, she um, she was with three of her friends, but her three friends said, which then, you know, these kids will tell the truth. They said that she was, they went upstairs to get her cell phone. And when they went to get her cell phone, she was standing in the lobby, in the front lobby. And then when they came back down, she wasn't there anymore. No, actually, I understand. Um, the, the, the one, the, the one issue we have is not necessarily that it's that it's an issue, but she is an adult. She is 19 years old, and um, I mean, as of right now, 19 years old. That's my daughter. She's 19. Her name is Kenika Jenkins, K E E E E K A. No, yes, yes, yes. No, I, I, I remember that you told me that she was 19. But um, what I'm saying is that. Again, she's only been gone for a couple hours. She's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's, you know, she could be somewhere with one of her friends or something. Because I mean, it, again, it, it is only a couple hours since you hadn't seen her, correct? Or since her friends supposedly hadn't seen her? Correct. Let's say about um, four, three to four hours now. They said. They told me. It was like four o'clock in the morning when they called me. Yeah. Well, I, I guess uh, the the one. Are you looking to file a missing persons report then, or are you just? Or are, 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 are I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm so sorry, Sebra. Uh, I just want to know: is it possible that they, maybe they can look at the cameras and see? Um, it's because they send the police out here and ask them to look at the cameras and see if um, they've seen her on their cameras around that time. I was about to say, uh, even if I did send an officer, it would take a little bit in order in, uh, for us to get the uh, for us to get the camera footage and us for us to pass it on to the uh, detectives division. Okay. Okay. So, so what what would you suggest? Well. Again, the, the only thing I would suggest maybe just um, you know give, give her a couple hours. You know she could have went. You know she could have went somewhere with one of her other friends. I mean, and who knows what her friends are saying is true. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, you, they, you could tell not to be saying. You could tell it don't sound right. I'm a parent. I've been young before, and it's not sounding right. It don't sound right. Period. That's why I came out here myself. Because they, they in the end, it, it sound like they had been drinking. You know, honestly. Yeah. And I asked them, did she drink? And they said she had only one cup. You know, but okay, my daughter ain't the type that normally she can't even take liquor. Her, her liquor level is just like mine. We can't take liquor. We cannot yeah. take. Liquor. We take a sip of liquor, we drunk. Honestly. No, I completely understand. And I'm, I'm like, one cup is too much for her, you know? And about, and I, and I, like I asked them, and then they end up with her cell phone. I pay her cell phone bill every month to make sure my daughter has a phone. How did she love her phone? I don't understand. How? Why would she leave her cell phone with you all? And just go disappear and she yeah. know I just had surgery you know she know uh, she know my predicament no yeah well then, well, well then, so that in, in that case, what I would, what I, uh, what I would recommend, just you know, go home, relax a little bit, give it some time. She could, she, of, all, of all we know, she very well could still be in the room. She, she could just be passed out. You know, again, you know how it is. You drink it the, the night before, you get, you know what I mean, whatever else have you. So 
just give it a couple hours, you know, maybe see if, you know, see if she'll get a hold of you again. You know what I mean? Does she, uh, does she know your number? Yeah, she knows my number very well. She's very smart. Okay, well then, like I said, you know, just give her a couple hours, you know what I mean? You know, you know give her some time, you know, again, maybe she, you know, maybe she went to one of her other friends' places or maybe she is still in the room, you know, just knocked, you know, knocked out. You know what I mean? Yes, I thank you. Okay, and so when do you? How long does it take for me to file a missing person report? Well, well, you can you can file it at any at, at uh at any time. It just uh like I said, you know, just you know, just give it a little bit of time. You know, if if you hadn't heard from her by, I want to say about ten, eleven o'clock, then by all means, you know, give us a call again. You can come to the station, and uh, we can help you out from there. Okay, I live in Chicago. Would it be better for me to come back to you all station or should I go in Chicago and make out a missing report? You know, I think you know what, uh, you know what, um you could try to file, you can try to file it out in Chicago. They may tell you to come here since it happened in our town, but I do know that since she I do know that since she lives with uh yeah, obviously she lives with you in the city. I think this might actually fall on them. Or at, least okay. or at least they'll be able to take the report and then they'll get in contact with us and we'll be able to help them out with the investigation from there. Okay, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whichever one. Um, if I have to come back out here, I'll come back out here. But, but as long as if we be able to see the wound, if I come, okay, I give it to tomorrow. It's 24 hours. After 24 hours, do you think they'll still be able to see the video camera of today, the surveillance camera yes. for today? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yes, we'd definitely be able to probably, yes, we'd definitely be able to get the footage. Okay, thank you. Well, right. I'll do that. Okay, thank you okay. so much, okay? Okay. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Copy. 